0: Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films, whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, all the same. Thank you so much for your constant, constant support. Now it's been a minute, but we are back talking about the Baba Yaga on the podcast as John Wick Chapter 4 has finally hit cinemas and is literally kicking ass on all fronts. The film has already grossed $137.5 million in its first weekend worldwide. That's already making its budget back which was 100 million for this film and and this franchise, man. Like You could probably guess already from the recent revisits that I've done, the podcast has pretty much turned into a John Wick gushing fest these last few days or weeks or whatever, but I am a big, big fan of these films. The first John Wick was just something else, and then everything else that's followed has been nothing short of remarkable. Now, on the back of obviously Chapter 3, the events of Chapter 3, that is, we have a very angry Wick who is now taken on the high table, and this film from the get-go packs a wallop it is absolutely absolutely outstanding i just love these movies like i absolutely adored every every film but this latest release it's unreal chad stahelski and the team have done miracles on this one and i mean that in the most positive sense because with anything like this and these kind of films you always find yourself asking those questions when they announce a new sequel or whatever that you're like well What can they do next? Where can these films go? What else can we see Mr. Wick use to kill someone with? And Chad Stahelski's just gone, hold my beer... This film, as I say, is absolutely outstanding from start to finish. It is breathtakingly good. The scope is massive. The action is obviously bloody delightful, like it is with every week film. There's just a huge amount of depth to these characters as well, old and new. And like I stated on the on the last time or the last few times that I've done these films and, and spoke about these films, like the films aren't just mindless action or violence throughout or whatever. If anything, the action is John's way of communication. He speaks very little in these films, as we, as we know. Like there's very little dialogue that comes from Keanu and Wick, but he talks through violence, and the fact that like he says so little says a lot about his character, you know, like that we've already gone over and established in these recent reviews that I've done. My wife weirdly like said that he's like a sexy action Mr Bean, except instead of a teddy, he's got a dog or a gun, so... <laughs> take what you want from that but on that note i'm going to give a quick plug for the socials obviously the podcast is available on rss.com jump on spotify but well you probably already have done but apple google wherever you get your podcast from it'll be there leave us a review and a like hit notification as well so you can be notified when new episodes are uploaded but again jump onto facebook and instagram and search Joe blogs about films for the social pages there so here we are mr wick chapter four pursued by hitmen sent by the shadowy syndicate known as the high table john wick discovers freedom can be achieved through a duel with the organization's marquis de grammont but with the bounty on his head forever rising getting to that point isn't going to be easy it's crazy to think really there was a time that mr wick four and the matrix four were scheduled to drop on the very same day like can you imagine that going from one mediocre Keanu film to an absolutely incredible spectacle, and I'm, I'm hoping you can guess which is which there. But I bring this up because I genuinely thought that when I was watching this movie. like The amount of times I was completely wide-eyed, like a little kid, almost clapping in my seat as to what I was witnessing in John Wick 4. In contrast to seeing Keanu in that subpar Matrix follow-up just made me think... This is the stuff I want to see more of, just original and badass ideas that don't need to get too complicated and that you can just have fun with a franchise. This, for me now, is probably Keanu's best film. And that's saying a lot, because I think he's got a magnificent career, but this... Is just amazing. I'm not gonna keep going back to Matrix comparisons, but seeing how important that was at a time for Keanu and moviegoers, it's kind of relevant because of just how far Keanu has come. Yeah, like the Matrix walked so Wick could run. I get that absolutely. But John Wick 4 is literally an ode to cinema. It's like a love letter to moviegoers who have a taste in absolutely everything it doesn't just sit with within one genre it literally just blows them up in epic fashion like you have your action genre in there your western vibes your samurai elements as well all painted on this huge canvas of excellent cinematography and performances from everyone involved in this film it's it's just simply exquisite now before we get to any of the wonderful action let's talk characters because again this film throws a lot at you it's it's, three hours long it's it's got so much in there the scope's massive obviously it goes without saying that again Keanu reeve shines as the title character has been through hell and back over the course of these three films and what essentially for wick was a case of just getting revenge on those who trespassed against him nice bible reference there for you seeing as the whole series has biblical references being that the, the people that trespassed killed his dog and stole his car it's now escalated on level in the playing field that being taken down the high table and sourcing a path to freedom for him outside of this world his journey in this film is fantastic. We get to see Wick go from the desert again to the beautifully lit Osaka to the underworld in Berlin, and most impressively, some wonderful sequences in Paris that I'm very much excited to talk about in a few moments. So hold on to that thought. But Keanu has really embodied this character. And as I've discussed on previous reviews, he just knows how this character works and what they would do or what he would say, sorry, or think in certain circumstances presented to him. I think what works so well with him in this role is given that it is action heavy. is Keanu always pushes himself to perform the stunts himself. Like in the last films, you know, Keanu Reeves went through weeks of training. For this one, twelve to be exact, consisted of martial arts and stunt driving, to do as many of the action sequences himself. This is why these films work. This is why Wick Works. We see the actor themselves do so much, and when it's the title character as well, it just elevates it so so well. There's more I want to talk about with Keanu and, and Wick and all of that, but I'll, I'll I'll save that for the spoilery section at the end of this podcast. Don't worry. But opposite him this time round is the fantastic Bill Skarsgård. Now Skarsgård always impresses me with everything that I see him in. His range is fantastic. We've seen the roles that he's played, and I'm confident there isn't any role that the guy can't tackle. He's just really, really great and plays the Marquis de Grammont, who essentially is a dick in a bunch of nice suits. And that's me being nice. We see... These characters, time and time again in the Wickverse, where they look sharp and dashing but don't have any of the class to even wear it. It just reminds me of someone that's literally was born into wealth or born into this like position that he's now got and he's running around cities and controlling for it like a little kid with action figures. That's basically, you know, what he is. And all he wants in this film, his motive is literally to stop John Wick, but not only stop John Wick, stop the idea of John Wick, and you know how it is, you know, you take down the person opposing you and your leadership, etc. the rest will or should fall in line. But this is John Wick, so that's not going to be easy. He kind of reminds me as well of Santino D'Antonio from Wick 2, only probably worse, you know, given the fact that he's got a, t- a seat at the high table. The arrogance and ego there is in this character makes me like, just, it th- makes him, sorry, think that he's untouchable, like a lot of villains in this world. But Skarsgård manages to bring something different to the table, like he's definitely more threatening than most of the other antagonists we've had in the franchise, and he's got a massive presence on screen. The other standout in this film is Donnie Yen, who plays the character Kane. Now, I haven't seen an awful lot of what Donnie Yen has starred in, but the things I've seen him in that stand out, he's always seemed to play a blind guy with a cane that you don't want to tick off. Donnie Yen, again, is someone from Wicks past, previously a friend, but as we know and I've said before, friends can become foes super quick in this world. One minute they're patting you on the back and the next they're sticking the knife in it. Which, But what's really cool is that the similarities between he and Wick. He has a very similar reason for being involved with the high table. Without going into spoilers here, the gist is that he's just forced back into the fray like John was in the first, hands are tied kind of situation. But I loved pretty much... Every time he was on screen, whether he was kicking ass in Osaka or wherever, which again, he was outstanding in that whole first opening action set piece, like Good Lords, or whether he's just sitting chatting to John, I think that again kind of highlights his film's success, that every every moment is just entertaining regardless, you know? Yen also has these fantastic character traits that remind you, like, yeah, this is genuinely a blind guy kicking ass. Like, he can be going from a big-ass tussle or whatever, and then there'll be these brief and quick moments where he's just quickly feeling for his surroundings mid-action to locate where he is exactly or where, where nearby... To take shelter and stuff like that. Just a nice character trait that I thought played out really, really well. In addition to Donnie Yen, we have Shamir Anderson as the tracker, or as he's called in the film, Mr. Nobody. He's the guy with the dog. You know it is. it is. The Wick films have to be, you know. He's the guy you love because he's got a dog companion. Shout out to the dog as well. Awesome, awesome moments in the film. And just gave the dog such a, again, a presence in the moments that it was on screen just to really shine and become a fan favourite, you know. But Mr. Nobody finds himself part of the hunt for John Wick, given that the high table are raising and raising the fee for his death. Anderson is involved in Again, some great set pieces alongside Keanu and Kobe. His character doesn't exactly eat, sleep, repeat, you know, for the high table or the underworld, to be exact. It's almost like his loyalty is all for personal gain, which, to be fair, that's <laughs> that's the same stance for most people of the underworld and, and within the Wickverse, I should say. But you'll know what I mean when you see him on screen. It has to be the right thing for him to go, yeah, okay, I'll kill for that. And again, that's that's a spoiler-free as I can be with that. But I thought he was really great in this. Now, I I'd quite like to see a spin-off surrounding his character, whether that'd be a TV series. We know they've got a few T V series and whatnot lined up. But even a film, I think that'd be he could be a good lead for the next set of these films, should they go that route. Um, other actors in the film, you've got Hiroyuki Sanada, who is always a treat to see him on screen, and to have him part of the Witverse is just great. He plays the manager of the Asa- of the Osaki Continental, and don't you know, he gets some badass fighting sequences that are super fun. With him in these scenes is Rina Soyama as Akira, who again is just fantastic. I love the switch in her character. She's got this switch that happens in there, like she's clearly fearful for her father's life given that he's got ties. With John Wick and you know the high table is stopping at nothing. As we said, they are they are gunning for Mister Wick. But once the action starts, she's just straight in there fighting alongside, almost like oh god damn it, I didn't want to do this today, but here we are. So really dug that. Uh, obviously we have Ian McShane and Lawrence Fishburne along for the ride once more as their respective characters, Winston and the Bowery King, McShane. Always is a step ahead of everyone as his character, you know, as he does in these series. And though seemed to have burnt his bridges with Wick at the end of chapter three, he too has a motive for revenge on the Marquis and and so enlist the help of an old friend. I mean, if I if I was to pick, maybe like a little niggle, maybe I was expecting more of a team up, maybe with the Bowery King as well. Under I know like they, they 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 are teaming up, but it's not like. Lawrence Fishburne. I'm not saying I wanted him all the way through the film, but again, this is, we are talking. I am scraping the barrel here, but given at the end of chapter three, I was like, oh, maybe we're going to see some serious teaming up with Wick and the Bowery King. But again, that's, that's, all in all, like, I'm so forgiving because it's nearly a three hour film. And I was sat in awe of what was transpiring on screen, you know. So again, as I say, scraping the barrel there for niggles in this film. But my final point on characters is that it was very bittersweet seeing Lance Reddick on the screen for what is one of his last films before his passing, which was just a huge shock, you know, to most. I, again, I, I'm not sure if any more has been said about his passing, but you know, it's terrible news. And I, I really did, really did love him um, in these as his role in in the Wick films, and it's been really lovely to see. You know, Keanu, Lawrence Fishburne, Stahelski as well, uh, all pay their respects to him on the red on the red carpet or in interviews or however to to someone that you know was a big part of the story, spanning for almost uh, you know nearly ten years. So I thought, yeah, it was really nice to see him on screen. But again, like I said, just, just a little bit bit of um, But come on, let's talk about some action because this film has got plenty. And to be honest, I'm not really quite sure where to even begin because it's absolutely fantastic and. I will say that the stunt team on this film deserves super credit because boy oh boy do bodies go down in mesmerising fashion in Chapter 4. Stahelski obviously is famously known for his stunt work and you just can't help but feel that this is most definitely why the film's action sequences look so sharp and believable like the hand-to-hand combat that wick performs in this film along with any you know bad guy that's fighting back against him is just excellent like we get to see wick use numchucks in this film which brings such extra fun there's a moment where he's like holding someone down and then repeatedly whacking him with the nunchuck which gave me a right good laugh in the screen that i was in it was just hilarious and uh, yeah excellent all round. but again Keanu just being absolutely on top form with the gunfire as well. I haven't really said before my revisits of the franchise just how I love the way that the way that he like reloads his weapon in real time when he's spraying away. Like he'll have the handgun and then he'll need to change the mag, and then we just see what happens. Like we see it in real time. He's super quick at doing it, and it makes it more fun in the anticipation. Like once that mag is in the gun, clocked, some more spraying's gonna unfold. You know, and, and again, I also love that once the handgun's out of bullets and no reload available or whatever, he'll just throw the gun at the target. Like, that's always a chuckle move. Like, we know as well Wick can use any object to attack, and we get one of those from him in this film. I won't say too much, but I will say that I will not be playing poker with him anytime soon. (laughs) The thing is, is that as well as having top-notch performers in these action sequences and how gloriously lit up it all is and the impeccable cinematography and colour is that the film also just manages to just to capture it oh so well with these fantastic camera angles, you know, like it's as we know, Stahelski really runs with these long takes and they work so well, even more so in these films there's so many in the last uh, in this latest chapter that i know i'll have forgotten some like i definitely will because they're spread out so perfectly and they're used so well given the film's time length and one of my friends shout out to ben said the film feels like a director's cut and i absolutely wholeheartedly agree with this statement it feels like a pure and perfect vision from the director and i love that because the original plan was to do john which chapter four and five they were going to be written and filmed Back to back, but Stahelski though flattered that you know the studio love what he's doing and what they do, what the whole team are doing that is, and want more, decided to just focus on the fourth and craft it just to make the best film the series can be. And I commend that because the film goes big in so many ways. But mostly, you only have to see some of the action sequences to know they've thrown everything at it. It's like I was saying earlier. What can they do next? That's what they say. What's what we ask after each one, and and the action in here. Pretty much blows all your expectations to say out the water. It's just impeccable, absolutely impeccable. Like I loved the Osaka Con- Continental set piece. Absolutely, it was wonderfully lit up and the, the color palette and this is perfection. Some great neon, like the series always likes to use. And the action just keeps increasing with every minute. The film honestly doesn't stop once once they start in an action sequence. It's just honestly, it's like you're there going oh that's cool that seems to have died down it's oh wait no no someone else is shooting it's carrying on again <laughs> like I loved that like my favourite sequence is pretty much everything that occurs in Paris it is absolutely awesome there's a moment where Wick is fighting on like oncoming traffic which the use of these moving vehicles surrounding them was super effective and also this like incredible long take as we've been talking about them, of Wick just like drifting in his car firing away it's just entertaining beyond and it feels like it's lasted forever but in a good way believe me honestly and Stahelski's gone on record say that the biggest influence for this film is the Warriors from 1979 and as we saw in the trailer one of the trailers that the, the biggest nod to this is the use of the radio host who's giving shout outs to Wick or giving people hints to where he is which again I was a massive fan of this like just kind of zooming in and only focusing on her lips as she's like delivering these lines and you know close-ups of the of, you know the the putting up the faders and such to play the next track and it just all was super super effective it's just another tick for the Paris sequence. And there's a great set piece where Wick's encountering these bad guys in a flight of stairs, which is absolutely fantastic. And the biggest chef's kiss comes from this moment where we have a wonderful bird's-eye view in a set of flats as Wick roams from room to room, taking down guys as chaos and destruction ensues. It is peak cinema, I have to say. It all looks absolutely phenomenal. Like the camera starts to like spin round slowly whilst Wick's making his way up a flight of stairs, shooting away. And then it just gets full on bird's eye over the top. And I just could have cried. Like it was outstanding. It's a reference, I believe to a game, which I've completely forgot the name of, but everyone's talking about it. So you probably already know if you listen to this, what game it is in reference to, but the use of these game references, as much as I say there's that comic book feel as well to the whole wick world, which I've said before, you know, these hints to the the game and like it also links back to John. He's literally been playing the High Tables game for far too long now and he wants out and like games, there are all these rules to follow, as does the High Table. It just links super well and it's, it's a nice little nod to some of the many influences these films have. Have had. I could really just sit and spew and talk about this film as much as as I already have done, and and I want to talk. I say just a little bit more with the spoiler section in just a tick. Um, but this is a breathtaking piece of cinema, and I've said several times I love the first film, and it is one of my all time favorites without a doubt. But I have to put aside those personal feelings and just take chapter four as what it is and what everyone in the team have created, which I will say. It is the best film of the entire franchise. The stakes are higher, the scope is massive, the action, as I said, is mind-blowing, and the cinematography, script, the list goes on, which is why John Wick Chapter 4, for me, is a 10 out of 10 film. It is a fastbender perfection, as I like to call them. I rarely give the 10 mark out, but this film has to be it just has to be you know i would love to know what you thought of wick of course and where it sits for you within your rankings for me it's probably has to be four one three two which honestly i would never have thought that anything would top the first but that that says a lot again that the franchise were on its fourth installment and they're still absolutely crushing it my god what a film it is absolutely absolutely fantastic so do let me know your thoughts as well It was just impeccable, just wonderful. But I want to talk a little bit longer, in particular, say a couple of spoilery things I want to go over. One real thing. So if you've not seen the film, I don't want to be that guy. I do not want to be that guy. So don't listen any further. Come back though when you have seen it. Again, I'd love to know your thoughts on this as well. But two, thank you so much as always for listening. But I'm going to be talking about spoilers from three, two, one. Let's talk about the ending, because I didn't really know what to expect, because with any film, with The Weeks, they just seem to set up the next one. But it does, like I say, you do have to ask the question, like, when is enough, in particular with this title character, and like, has and when will John's story come full circle come to a close and i, I honestly thought this was the perfect ending for wick's character like it just I, I was i thought maybe they'd have gone for a ambiguous ending in the sense that he looks like he's died but he's not he's out there somewhere maybe so they could come back to the character because we know how studios love to throw out sequel after sequel and that but i think you could you could argue there is a little bit and i've seen a few interviews to hellskip but i i'm going to take it for me that he is dead, you know I, and, and it's the perfect way for his character to go out you know like his character literally came full circle you know he said to the elder in chapter three, I think it was that you know he wants to live so that he can remember his wife like his purpose obviously he wants to continue to to remember his wife and he does that in his very final moments he's tackled everything he's defeated the high table he's done everything that this character could possibly put through in these four in these four films. And in that moment when he sat on the steps, he finally has that vision of her, remembers her for that time, and then he passes. I think it was a perfect, a beautiful, but natural conclusion to his character. And it's sad because I don't want that to be, but at the same time, I think, bravo for having the guts to do that, you know, because it would have been so easy, and again they could change it up in a few years' time you know, they might be up for it, they might have a perfect script to be like, yep, this. let's go with it let's see, you know, because I think Stahelski said that they did film two endings for it, and one of them was received really poorly, so they got it right the first time, because this was the original ending that they were going to go for, but filmed another one just in case, um, but I think I read they were saying that, because there's a moment when they're at the graveyard obviously with, with Ian McShane uh, Winston and Lawrence Fishburne's Bowery King and they've got the dog, and the dog kind of looks up um, and they're saying that could be like a bit ambiguous in the sense that maybe the dog spotted John. I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but again, that's just from like, a, if we're going to kind of cover all aspects and all all like areas of that, because for me, I think I think he is sadly passed. as much as it pains me to say, I think he is done. But that again, you could argue about the post-credit scene as well, obviously, because of what happened in Osaka with Kane and Akira's father, you know, there's still that vendetta there, but obviously Kane is... John Wick's friend, you know, if if that, if that he's now been taken out, because it cuts to black, obviously, before we see any actual stabbing, <laughs> if that's another reason that they could get John Wick to come back to go out and, and kind of avenge him. But I think that would be too much of a stretch. If anything, I think that could be a good spin-off story altogether between those characters, because, again, I'd love to see Kane in something else. That would be amazing. So, um, But they were really one of the spoiler things I want to talk about, because I've, I've spoken about it far enough. I think that I've covered as best I possibly can about the action, because... Good Lord, this film was absolutely wonderful. I think i say it was a perfect all-round film. It really worked ever so well, and it was just, again, a fitting ending for an absolutely incredible character, now a big staple in the pop culture world. Man alive, I love these films. I want to watch them all again. I want to watch this again as soon as possible. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. Do leave a like and all that jazz on the podcast. Give us a follow, whatever. Really appreciate all your support. And again, do let me know your thoughts on John Wick Chapter 4. Did you love it as much as I did? It's a 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Thank you so much as always. Until the next episode. Take care.